You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits and Final Rise. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Will, and welcome to episode 46 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Final Rise. If you're just getting started or a seasoned Upland hunter and looking at some new gear for this fall, I'd highly recommend checking out the Final Rise systems. I've owned my Summit vest for about three years, and I have had it through many bird hunts, training sessions, Nastra events, and I have beat this thing to the ground. It still is in the same condition as the day it showed up on my doorstep. American-made vest designed by a guy who is just like all of us. Give Final Rise a serious look at FinalRise.com. Trinity Bretons is the home of the Epignole Breton, also known as the French Brittany. All Trinity Breton dogs are from champion bloodlines that are field tested and family approved. For over 33 years, Trinity Bretons has worked to offer you the best bred Epignole Breton in the country. Check them out at trinitybretons.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Trinity Bretons. Gunner Kennels. I've personally used and tested every major kennel brand on the market today. After months of hands-on experience, Gunner is the only kennel I'll use for my favorite bird dogs. Man's best friend deserves man's best kennel. That's a Gunner kennel. Anook Shook Professional Dog Food is the highest energy dog food in the world. Anookshook's dense formulations ensure that your pup in training and your seasoned bird dog get what they need to succeed in the field. Anookshook works hard so your dogs can work harder. Check them out at anookshookpro.com. Hey, what's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of the podcast. Uh, This is kind of a special edition episode uh, brought to you. It's just going to be me. Yeah, buckle up, because you are just going to be hearing me for the next few minutes. Uh, It's going to be kind of a short episode, um, but let me give you a little bit of context on why I'm releasing this episode in particular. Um, over the last couple years, um, if you follow uh, me on social media, you probably have seen uh, I am big into biking my dogs or roading the dogs, bike joring. There's there's some other names for this, and it's been one of the more popular questions that I get asked as far as my setup goes, what I'm using, um, why I even do it, and I just wanted to take a few minutes um, and kind of walk through. Um, some of those questions that I get asked pretty often, and again, kind of some of the benefits of it, of roading your dog, some of the cons, some of the things to be be concerned about and just be aware of, because um, it's it's not as simple as just grabbing a leash and putting it around your dog's neck and hooking to the bike and going. Um, sure, I'm, I'm sure some people might try that, um, but again, I've been doing this for about four years now maybe three and a half, probably three and a half years I've been doing this pretty steadily uh, from about late spring to early fall. 
And um, again, I'm just going to share some of the things I've learned, some of the uh, the good things, the bad things, and again, some of the things for you to be aware of if, if this is something you are wanting to try or get into um, with your dogs. And so um, I, I got a few things written down here that I will walk you through. And uh, if you have any further questions, again, obviously reach out after this episode, hit me up on Instagram um, or email. Um, and I'd love to talk. I'd love to talk through some some ideas or questions that you guys might have. But again, this is kind of what's worked for me. Some of the things that I've, I've personally used and tried, and, and even asked. I've asked other people who've been rodeo their dogs a long time. Some older folks, some younger folks. Um, again, to trying to, to craft the best plan for uh, for myself. And so, uh, one of the first things is you know why why I bike my dogs, and there's several reasons for biking the dogs. Biggest reason, I guess, to to start, I guess there's no, I don't know. I guess there's no reason that's better than the others, but here's my list of reasons. Um, It keeps them conditioned. Either keeps them conditioned or gets them conditioned or... (laughs) let's be honest, a little bit of both. Um, you know, late or early spring, probably February, March, again, just coming off hunting season, I'm kind of tired. The dogs are tired. We're not doing much, uh, activity. It's cold out. Um, we're, we're not getting out too much. And I try to run the dogs a couple times a week, but still, um, so conditioning for them and not just, um, when I say condition, I'm not just talking about physical conditioning. I think that's obviously super important. Um, but you have to remember that these dogs are athletes. They are. They want to work. They are working dogs. They like missions. They like goals. And they just want to run. They want to be able to do a job. And so I, I think of it as conditioning, you know, mental stimulation for the dogs as well as physical conditioning. And physical conditioning can be broken down into a couple parts as well. You got the obviously the muscle building, um, cardio, as well as conditioning their pads as well. And I'm going to get into to pads on their feet a little bit more in a second here, because uh, again, there's some do's and don'ts uh, when it comes to their pads and, and some things you need to be aware of. And so, obviously, conditioning is the first one. And again, talk about our dogs or athletes. I don't I don't want to be sitting around um, not doing something with my dogs. Every opportunity I have, at least. Now, I'm, I'm a busy dad, work full-time, and I live in the freaking suburbs, guys. <laughs> I live in the darn suburbs. So it, it is just a little harder um, for me to... Um, and again, I don't like going to the same spot every time, turn the dogs loose. I have a couple of those somewhat close to me. Um, but I like, to, I like variety, not only for myself, but for the dogs. And so, and also if I'm, if I'm crunched for time, if I only have... 30 minutes or so, and I got to get some, some, some quick in for them. I'm not going to load, load them up, drive to my spot, get their collars on, turn them loose, let them run for 10 minutes, then get back in the truck and drive home. Uh, it's just not practical. Uh, again, given my time and schedule and all that stuff. And so biking my dogs has been a, a way to hook them up to the harness, get the bike ready, get the helmet on in my garage, and we just go. Um, again, you, your scenario where you live might look very, very different. Um, you might not have trails close to you. You might not have dirt roads or gravel roads or things like that. So that, again, we're going to get into some of that in a second here. 
Um, but for me, that, that's a lot quicker of an activity I can do. I know they're going to get a good workout. They're going to run. They're going to work. The dogs are really going to enjoy that. And so, um, again, just convenience, I would say. That's, that's kind of another big reason. Um, conditioning, muscle building, I mean, all that stuff. Um, you know, combo of, of the food they've been on and just how much I work my dogs. Um, I've gotten several comments from people who see them. It, it just will tell me they look ripped. And I think that's because they're they're not sitting around all summer doing nothing. I'm working them to some degree or another. They're building and they're maintaining their muscle mass. And so um, that's important stuff. I mean, if you think about letting your dog sit around from, let's say, end, end of your season is what, end of January, let's say. Well, if you're letting your dog sit around from end of January, you run them maybe here and there, you turn them loose in a field or something until September rolls around. That's, that's a lot of time just of non-activity. And so I, I want to, with my dogs again, I want to hit the ground run in September 1st and my dogs are already conditioned. There, there's not a, oh, we're going to do a couple hunts and get them conditioned and they're going to be slow and they're going to be out of breath and trying to keep up. No, I want to go into it and they're at their best come September 1st. And so I'm thinking about this from, again, right, right after my season uh, ends, end of January. Um, again, give myself a little break, give them a little break, but then we're hitting it um, once the weather kind of lets up and we're, we're getting out on the bike. Um, again, I'm not saying the bike is the end-all be-all, and that's the only way to condition a dog. Absolutely not. There, If you have fields and open areas, uh, that's, that's great. Let your dogs loose. Let them run multiple times a week. I think that's super good for them. But, um, yeah, just – oh, the other thing with the bike uh, is you think about – it's going to be more force and more strain on them. I think strain in a good way when they're pulling a 200 plus pound human, and that's going to that's going to develop and hit different muscles than it is if they're just running loose in the field. Again, running loose in the field absolutely is good for your dogs. Absolutely, this is something I've talked to vets about, and. and it just works a different muscle group. Just like you, you're lifting or you're doing a treadmill, it's working different muscle groups. And so I think the bike has a place for all that. Um, it's gonna work, again, don't ask me what it's working, but I know it's working different muscles for those dogs. So that is, that's kind of why. That's kind of the why behind the uh, reason I'm choosing to bike my dogs or road my dogs. Um, again, I know there's lots of different theories out there. You may be a fan of it, you may not be. I don't care. That's, that's what's worked for me. My dogs are healthy. They look good. And it's it's kind of fun. It, it is kind of fun. Uh, hook them up in the garage, set my watch, and we're going to go for, for a few miles. And so it's something fun to do um, during the summer. You know you're working them. You know you're working towards a goal because uh, hunting season is coming up. So uh, next couple sections, uh, things to consider when starting out. So again, tons of questions I get on Instagram or email and people ask me, uh, again, about my setup or just general do's and don'ts. And again, these are some of the things um, that I have either had people tell me who've been doing this a long time or things I've, I've taken away or, or learned or developed over time as well. So uh, the first one, I cannot overstate this, is safety. I, I'm not trying to be funny or, or uh, too cliche. Um, wear a damn helmet. <laughs> wear a damn helmet. 
Um, I have been guilty a few times of, of just forgetting or I was in a rush and didn't, didn't wear a helmet. Um, thank God, knock on wood, I have not had a bad crash with a dog. Um, but it is always better to be safe than sorry. So I, I would just caution you and, and beg you, whether you're going slow and you're on a dirt road or a dirt trail, just put a helmet on. Um, I had a bad, uh, I was just mountain biking a couple years ago. I had a bad crash with a helmet on. And uh, I, w- I was kind of tossed to the side from my bike. I kind of started going over the handlebars and I was tossed to the side. And I smashed my head into a huge boulder. And I know if I didn't have my helmet on during that crash, um, it could have been awful. And so shit happens. Things are we don't expect are going to happen with a dog. Um, it's just unpredictable. It, it is a little sketchy. It is a little dangerous. And so, so do yourself a favor, do your family a favor and, and make sure you're, you're wearing a good helmet. Um, cause again, stuff's going to happen out there that you don't plan for. You don't want to happen, but, um, anyways, wear a helmet. Um, a couple more things is get your dog used to the harness first. Um, I know some dogs can be a little, um, a little apprehensive. You're, you're putting something over their face, which they don't like naturally. And, you know, getting that on them, it's going to go over their shoulders. It's going to touch different parts of their body that they're not used to, I guess, with a harness and how it feels and how big it is. And and so when they're young, I mean, it's one of those things, one of those um, kind of puppy things, you know, everyone tells you when you have puppies, play with their feet and ears and nose and mouth and getting them used to that. Kind of similar if, if this is something you want to try with your dog, like get them used to a harness because that's, that's going to be a new thing um, for, for your dog if, if he's not already used to that. So harness is important. Get him used to it because it's new for your dog. Um, get your dog used to the bike and being around it. Again, a bike is a, a big tool, I guess, to, to a dog. It's a big thing that they don't see a lot of probably. It's got two big things that spin and there's weird handlebars and a seat and it's whatever color. It's, it's different. And so similarly, get your dog used to that. Let it become a normal thing where it's maybe in your garage and you let them kind of walk around it, sniff it, you get on it, where, where it doesn't become this scary, intimidating object when you try to go bike them. So, so take it slow and get them used to some of those things. Um, that's that's going to pay off a lot versus just saying, all right, out of the blue, you have a four-year-old dog, you decide to bike and go, all right, we're going to hook the harness up, get on the bike, now you're going to pull me and... That's a lot. That's a lot for a dog to take in. Maybe your dog will be great with it, but these are just some things I've done with other dogs as I learned along the way that it's it's paid off to take it slow and get them used to these items. So um, that's bike. Um, This will take time. I I don't know why I wrote that. (laughs) I said this will take time. Yes, it will take time. Um, Again, don't expect it to happen overnight. Um, So take your time. This is like anything you're working on, training, anything like that. It's going to take time. Don't rush it. Do it right because you don't want your dog to you know, be terrified of the bike or the harness or whatever it might be. Um, keep it short starting out. Again, when I, you know, Gage has been doing this for about four years or so um, when I just started this this summer. And so the, I'm going through this with a, with a new dog kind of now, basically. This is real time for me. And so Take, take your time and keep it short. I, I did a ride with her last night. I, I bike Gage, I think, three miles last night. And then when I got home, dropped Gage off, grabbed Win, and we only did like a mile, if that. 
And so it's going going slowly because I'm, I'm again building her her drive to run and go and go and go. And so we'll build up to that. Um, another thing with this, um, and this is this is something you need to be careful of, is don't do it too young. Um, I, I, I've talked to some vets that say you want them to develop. Um, you want to be fully mature before you you start running them hard like this. Um, let their joints develop uh, and and be a little older. So I think that kind of that general again, this is going to depend on your dog, but that general time is going to be about a year or more. And so I didn't start biking wind till fifteen months or yeah, maybe fifteen months. I tried it with her, and so you know they're they're getting more developed. They're older, their joints are, are developing, and so it is a real concern. You don't you don't want to pound these dogs into the dirt. And especially when they're young, as their their bones are growing, their joints are developing, and so just keep that in mind as well. Um, map out your where you're going to go. Map out your trail. <clears throat> if um, I when I'm biking my dog, I like to just kind of have a flow. I don't like to be stopping at a lot of intersections or cross streets to get to where I'm trying to go or, or complete my loop. And so just kind of think through. It's kind of common sense probably, but just where you're going to go, what how you're going to get there. Um, just so you kind of have an idea and just so it's it's fluid it's smooth there's not a lot of stops it keeps the dog focused on on their job again their job is to run and in my case you know help pull me along um, on my on my bike (coughs) so those are some of the things to consider starting out Um, things I've learned things I've learned along the way over the last four years Um, this is a big one this is, this is a really big one. Um, some of my videos you, you may see, I'm on a, a paved um, a paved sidewalk. Um, so that is how I get to the trail, which is gravel. I always, always try to spend the majority of my ride with the dogs on as much gravel as possible. Um, it's gonna be easier on their joints and it's gonna help condition their pads because asphalt and concrete and all that, those sidewalks, those are gonna do some damage to your dog's pads if they're on it a lot. Uh, it can be hard on their joints. Um, it's gonna it's gonna tear up their pads way faster than gravel. Gravel is actually gonna help kind of condition them and, and toughen up their pads, especially the more you do it. And so, really, really take this to heart. Try to stay off pavement as much as you can. I'm talking asphalt, concrete, sidewalks, all that stuff. Um, so. So, so that's that's my mindset. I have to take some some sidewalks to get to where I'm going to the gravel trails or the dirt trails. Um, so just just try to consider like spend more of your time, more of your ride with your dog on dirt or gravel as possible. Um, I've done it a couple times where I've driven out a little further to the country area and, and just get on a long stretch of dirt road and just ride on that for a while. Just do a out and back and go out for a couple miles, come back, whatever that might look like. But that that's an option as well. If that's something that's close to you or you want to try that, I might even recommend that starting out where you're not going to have a lot of sidewalks and cars and distractions. Maybe get further out of town and get on a dirt road. Um, it's going to be good for their pads, good for them, less distractions, hopefully, less cars and traffic and things like that. So if, if that's not super far for you, that might be something to consider um, versus doing it around town. But again, everyone's, you're going to live somewhere so unique to each each person. So again, where I live, I have to do about a half mile to get to my dirt trails and then we can do a couple loops on that. And so, um, okay, more things I've learned. Um, oh yeah, the other thing with pavement guys, summertime, primarily this is when I'm doing this, is it's going to be hot. Um, summertime, 
you know, even later in the evening, it can be hot. And so it's just, again, something to consider. Um, a couple more things here. Um, okay, pavement, gravel conditions, their pads. Yes, that's that's huge, dirt or gravel. I even will get on grass sometimes. And so I'm, I'm like I mentioned, I'm going to the to my uh, trails, trailheads, and if there's sections of grass I can ride on and, and keep Gage in front of me on the grass, I'll do that. And so I'll kind of ride in the grass. Um, again, I know it's a little easier on the joints as pads versus the concrete. So that's a big thing. I don't want that to get overlooked as much as you can. Try to avoid hard concrete for long, long runs. Um, things I've learned, helmet always. I talked about that already. Um, super important, guys. Please wear a helmet. Um, summer, uh, run them at night. Uh, use a bike light where temps are cooler. Um, again, depending where you live, it's going to be different. But for me, that later evening, you know, the, it stays the light out a little bit longer. The temps go down. It might be a little dark, but again, I got a light I'll throw on and we can kind of see where we're going. So consider that as well. You, you, again, you guys, if you're hunting your dogs, you, you know, temps are a huge factor in their performance and their energy and stamina. So just be cautious. Be, you know, I'm not doing this when it's above 70, probably. Because again, he's running hard. He's he's pulling my weight. He's running hard. We're going at a decent speed, and um, so just just be conscious of temperature. Um, the other thing is speed. I mentioned speed. I'm I'm not going. Um, I'm not going all out. I'm not releasing my brakes from a bike and letting him go as fast as he wants. Um, that. Again, you kind of want them at a slower speed where they're working to pull you, not at a full-out sprint the whole time. Um, you want them kind of using their body weight to have to work and kind of use some of those leg muscles that they might not always use to pull you forward. Um, so that's something to consider as well. Um, you are going to go through brakes pad or brake pads much quicker. So you're going to go through brake pads much quicker. Um, I've had to change mine twice in well i I mean yeah more than you would if you are um you know just just mountain biking or something like that so just i mean you will have to buy some more brake pads things like that i haven't found that a big deal it is it is what it is but again slower speeds are better so i am applying some brakes so i'm I'm kind of regulating how fast he's going. Um, uphills are always great. You're gonna you're gonna get a little help going up a hill, and you can pedal a little bit. Dogs pulling you a little bit. It's kind of like a little e-bike combo. So that's uh, that's something you can always always consider as well. Look for, look for those hills. Um, and so yeah, be con- conscious of temperatures. Um, the dog. Okay, so this is um, okay. So so biking your dog can be dicey. I think I've mentioned that it can be very dangerous. You have something pulling you faster maybe than you want to go. You got other people and animals and critters and, and things that are going to be distracting. So it can be dicey. Um, you kind of need to help get your dog into the, the mindset of like when they're on the bike, when they're hooked up to the bike, their job is to run forward. Um, it's not to go side to side, um, you know, be distracted. But those are going to happen. Last night I was biking wind and the frogs were out and she was kind of darting left and right. And I kind of had to one handed and like one hand on the handlebar, one hand to kind of correct the leash out in front to kind of like, I don't know, just like reminder, Hey, keep going forward. 
So it takes some finesse. It, it's really hard to explain until you do it. Um, there are some times where you're gonna need to, to reach and grab that leash to kind of keep them in front of you or just apply the brake, stop and, and refocus them. Um, I have tried. So this is another thing. I like my dogs in front pulling me, kind of like traditional bike joring or sled dog pulling. That's just what I like. I know there are some devices out there. I've tried actually where you you hook to your seat post and it hangs off the, it's like a rigid pole and it goes off the side and keeps the dog inside of you. Um, I I tried that. I got rid, I don't think I have it anymore. I I just didn't like it. it. various reasons, I guess. I I like the dog pulling me in forward. I think they're working harder, again, pulling your weight forward. Um, Especially with one dog, I think the balance, it throws your balance off a little more when you have a dog on the the right or left. Um, If you had two, maybe it would be a little more equally balanced. I I don't, I just, I liked seeing the dog in front of me. If they were going to make a a move, I have some time to react versus them darting to the right. I, I don't know it. And they pull me to the right and we all fall down. So again, I know some people like that. I'm not saying it's bad. I, I, it wasn't for me, um, but I just know that is an option. Um, and so, yeah, and you'll have to experiment. You'll have to experiment what works, obviously, for you and your setup and your dog and, and your, your style, I guess, really. Um, so yeah, talked about this being dangerous. Uh, train them with repetition. Spend time, you know, again, this is not gonna, uh, you know, be something you try once and it's going to go perfectly. It's going to take some time to develop this. I'm still working through this with Wynn right now. Um, she is ha- she is having that drive to go forward. And again, that's the biggest thing is getting them excited. And I'm using some verbal cues, cues of let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And kind of getting them excited to go forward, go forward, go faster, go faster. Um, you, you can experiment if you want to teach them signals of right or left, things like that. Gage caught that onto that pretty quick. Um, you all remember the movie Iron Will? I, ho- I hope you do. Iron Will, I think for right, right or left, he would say G, G, G. And I think that meant right, maybe. And so I started doing, doing that with Gage a couple years ago. And he's got it down pretty good. I'll be like, G, G, G. If there's people around, they look at me like I'm freaking nuts. But uh, anyways, it's that's life with bird dogs. A <laughs> um, couple more things here, and we'll we'll get this wrapped up. Hopefully, this is helpful for you guys. Hopefully, this is something that you're learning <laughs> something from. I hope this is not just talking to the wind. I know it's the the uh, amount of questions I've gotten about this. It was just time for me to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down. I put some thoughts and notes down. And again, hopefully this is helpful for you. Um, so yeah, I talked about doing the side pole idea. I didn't love that. Uh, my setup, so this is my bike setup. Um, now note, I am going to do a video on social media of showing you the setup. I, I'll talk about it kind of briefly, but I'll do a video hopefully uh, here tonight even um, showing you uh, what the setup looks like, what I'm using. It gives you a little bit more visual um, aspect uh, for just what it is. So first thing, the bike. <laughs> I, have a, I have a mountain bike I ride. Um, I, I probably should get a crappier bike so I'm not you know, burning through brakes and stuff with my nice one, but um, I'm using my nice one right now. So um, I, okay, so I'll tell you what I was using. I was using a Roughwear harness. It was just a basic rough wear harness with a six foot leather leash that I would put over one side of my handlebar. Um, 
worked has worked well for for a couple of years been great haven't really had any issues with it I, I do think it would cut into his i don't know i don't know throat maybe a little bit um but use a harness don't don't use a the traditional neck collar if you're going to do this get a get some kind of a harness where they're using their shoulder muscles to uh pull and, and use their their muscles and body weight to in, engage in this and so don't don't do that on their neck that's going to cut off their airways and just cause all sorts of problems so i was using that for a long time again i did not have a fancy thing like a bike antenna to keep the bike out of the wheel again if you have a dog that wants to work and wants to pull you forward most of the time you're not gonna have an issue again there are some times i have to reach around with my hand and kind of keep that that leash up if he were to slow down for some reason so again it's dicey it's not perfect but it's it's what's worked for me so that that worked for many years i just upgraded and this is not sponsored whatsoever by these companies this is just free i don't know advice or advertising whatever you want to call it um so i i just got the other day a not it's called, the company is called non-stop dogware non-stop dogware um so i got a couple items from them i bought the free motion harness and that is a size four. Um, I'm probably, I, so I only got one to start. I got a size four. On Gage, I think it's a little small. He's about a 38 pound male, Brittany. A little small for him, I think, getting it over his head especially. Um, so I'm probably gonna, if it's wind perfectly, I'll probably use that one for wind. I'm probably gonna order Gage a size five. I'm not gonna go into sizing instructions. You can look on their website if you want to on the sizing charts and they have, they have some formulations that you can figure out. So free motion harness from nonstop dog wear um, that it is nice. It is really, really nice. Um, it, it, this is, so from what I read and the research I did, especially when the pulling point, so imagine your pulling point on your handlebars, it's higher than the dog, obviously. And so this, this harness is designed for bike drawing like this, where the pulling point, pulling point is much higher than the, um, than, than the dog. And so it really kind of like, it's hard to describe, I'll show you in the video, kind of lays flatly across their back. And it just, it was really, really sweet. And so um, that's the harness I'm using. I'm using the nonstop touring bungee. And that I got in the 13 millimeters wide and two meters long. So it, their sizing is a little weird. So it's, I think a Swiss company. Um, so 13 millimeters wide, it's pretty narrow. 13 millimeters is not very long. I'm probably going to upgrade and get to 23 millimeters wide, um, especially if I'm going to do two dogs at one time. 13, I think, is just fine for one dog at a time. But if you're looking to do two, I would get something a little thicker, a little stronger. Um, and like it says, it's a bungee. Um, oh, so two meters long. I think it's about six and a half feet um, when I did the formulation. So two meters is six and a half foot long when it's extended. Um, so meaning that when the bungee is fully extended, six and a half feet long. For Again, for one Brittany, that's pretty perfect. Um, if you want your dog out further, again, that's something you might have to experiment with. Um, again, if I do two dogs, I'm, I don't know. I, I might look for the 2.8 meter, which is I think nine foot long, fully extended. So keeping those dogs a little bit further out in front. Um, Again, I, it's something I'm experimenting. I have not done two dogs at one time. So I've, I've only done one and I'm, I'm looking to, to get into doing two at one time. So I'm gonna order the whole uh, double two dog connector to, to keep two of them on the, on the same 
leash. Um, and then, okay, so that's the, the, the nonstop touring bungee. And then, um, uh, what did I use in, yeah, oh, oh, the bike antenna. So I did order a bike antenna from them. It doesn't, my stem is really short and I, I don't have room to attach the bike antenna. So the bike antenna goes, uh, you kind of remove a spacer in your stem and put the bike antenna in. Again, the way my bike is, it's a little wonky. Um, so I don't have room to put it in there. So I'm not, right now I'm not gonna use it. Um, I just uh, loop the leash around the stem and then that goes out front. Um, the nice thing about the 13 millimeter one is it is you know pretty narrow and light. And so I haven't had any issues yet of it getting wrapped up in the wheel. Um, kind of stays nice and uh, high and tight, especially with that being a bungee. You're not gonna have a lot of slack, which is, Gosh, a game changer. <laughs> it's a game changer. So so what the bungee does, I think this is a combo of the bungee and the harness I, I just got from them. So I take, took Gage out and it is so much smoother. You're not getting, with it being a bungee, you're not getting these hard pulls. If, if you were to slow down just a tad and then speed up, you're getting these hard, you get slack in the line and then a tight pull and you're kind of jerking back and forth. Again, not a huge issue, but... Um, this this bungee system it it doesn't keep slack in the line because it's constantly expanding contracting expanding and contracting and so it's been really smooth and he he even runs a little bit different i think because there's constant pressure there's constant pressure of him pulling on his harness again the sled dog teams and people have been doing this for decades have figured this stuff out with the way they design the harnesses and the bungees and all that kind of stuff I don't know if dog sled people use bungees, but they've translated this, this translated this into people for bikes and, and bike jewelry and stuff like that. So overall, it's been super smooth, much more enjoyable ride uh, versus just kind of a, a traditional leather leash and the, the rough wear harness. So highly recommend. I've been super happy with it. I was kind of disappointed in the, in the bike antenna. Didn't quite work um, how I thought it was going to, so I'm gonna return that. Um, to nonstop, um, yeah. So a little bit, a little bit pricey. I know there's, there's probably some other things on Amazon that you could go a little bit cheaper. I think the harness was like 99. The touring bungee might have been like 48 bucks, and the the two dog thing. I need to pick one of those up. A two dog uh, connector, I think, is like 37. So you're spending a little bit of money. I mean, it's it's not maybe going to be for everyone, depending uh, depending on your budget. But uh, for me, I, I do it enough where I wanted something that was going to be quality, it was going to do the job right, and it's it has made for a much more enjoyable experience uh, getting them out there. And so um, that's what I'm using. Again, I'm going to post a video on social media. Um, it'll be a longer video. I will show you what it looks like, how I connect it, and so you can get a, a much better visual picture uh, of what all this looks like. So last section here, I just want to touch on a couple closing things, a couple uh, last um, things to consider. Um, I, I make it a goal. This may sound crazy to some or maybe it might seem low to some. I, I make it a goal to do 200 miles with my dogs each summer. Um, last couple of years, I have exceeded that, which has been so much fun. And they're doing 200 plus miles um, late spring to before season. Um, so I, I would encourage you to set a goal. It's going to help get you out there more, more consistently. Um, so set a goal. Maybe it's 20 miles a summer. Maybe it's 50 miles a summer. Whatever 
feels right to you. I mean, do it a couple times and see what feels right. So that's that's my goal. It's been working very well. Um, and I mean, come on, guys. Goals are always better. It just you're gonna do things better and more if you have a, a goal in mind. Write it down, throw it up on you know your phone or I don't know somewhere you can see it. <laughs> I'm big on that. Do it. Um, so this is something to consider as well. Don't um, don't do it every day. There's there's no reason to run your dog um, five ten miles every single day. Uh, that's gonna be a lot on their joints. Um, Again, I've done it a couple consecutive days in a row, but then I'll give the dog a, a two, three day break sometimes. Um, so give give them some rest, um, just like hunting. If you're hunting them hard and they're doing 25, maybe 30 miles a day hunting, um, you're gonna you know give them a little more rest or, or more food that night. And so remember, they're they're working hard, and so just just keep that in mind with whether you're doing a little extra food after a hard long run. Um, just, just remember, just remember, they they are busting their butts um, to work hard, go go the distance. Um, miles, this is a, a big one. A lot of people ask me, how long am I going? How many miles? Um, typical, I guess average, I'm doing about four miles when I go out for a ride, and that can, I don't know, that can last anywhere from, I don't know, time wise, it's going to vary D- depending on your speed. Um, you figure out what what works best for you. Um, but about four miles is my average. Now I'll, I'll be strategic in, you know, one or two days a week or one day a week, I'll, I'll pick an extra long. We'll try to do eight miles, you know, towards the end of the season as we're heading into fall and hunting season. Again, I'm trying to build their endurance. I'm not just trying to keep it the same. And, oh, we're going to do two miles twice a week for the whole, um, summer. No, do, do kind of a buildup, do some shorter ones, do some extra longer ones, do some slow ones, fast ones give us some variation, just like you are going to work out differently and have different um, patterns and schedules of working out. So very, very similar. Um, but yeah, my, my long ones are about eight miles. My short, my average ones are about four miles. Um, last night I did two miles. I didn't have that much time. It was very dark out. I was tired. I was like, yeah, we're just doing a quick two miler and calling it a day. And so um, again, summertime, be conscious of temperatures, allow your dogs plenty of time to cool off and get lots of water afterwards, keep them hydrated. Um, I'm even, if, I, if I'm planning out that my dogs are going to do a long eight mile run, the night before, I'm going to load up their food with some water. I'm going to get some water and get them hydrated well. And so just like I would during hunting season, you're expecting these dogs to perform and work hard at their best. And so I'm, I'm taking that serious and keeping them hydrated as best as I can. Um, let's see. So yeah, I talked about goals. Don't over, yeah, don't overdo it. Give your dogs rest, plenty of rest days. I talked about that. Bring water, bring water for yourself and the dog. I, I just usually bring one bottle I have on my bike. Um, again, we'll stop, you know, once, maybe twice, give them a little water and be good to go. Again, I'm not giving them too much on the run. It just, yeah, that's, it might be personal preference. Um, last thing guys, (laughs) I'm going to say it one more time. Wear a damn helmet, <laughs> please. Um, guess for your safety, you have to remember, guys. We all have families, and and hunting season we live like coming up, and um, I just want everyone to be safe. I want uh, you know nothing ba- bad to happen to anyone. So wear a helmet. Um, it's worth it. Something happens, your dog, you know, sees a squirrel or a rabbit or something. Um, it's it's better to be safe than sorry. I have had that. I've had that happen where. 
um, my dog will see a rabbit and they will they'll they'll make a move and you you have to be alert you have to you know you can't be kind of one-handed cruising like you have two hands on the and the handlebars and you know keep your eyes out <laughs> try to predict problems that come up try to look ahead of seeing maybe uh, someone coming at you down the trail or down the road or whatever and try to predict those things before they happen and make a move before they happen um, a lot of times if there's another if there's someone walking towards me um, my dogs are pretty good now where we can go, we'll go far right and we'll keep cruising and, and they, they'll leave the oncoming people alone. Now, if the people have a dog, I'll usually stop. I'll usually stop my dogs way before, let the people pass and then keep cruising. Um, Gage is probably, uh, he is way better than Wynn at that right now. Wynn wants to kind of play with some dogs and, and be in their business. So Gage, I, I, sometimes I will just keep cruising if they have a dog. But the big thing I will stop for is another biker. So another biker's coming at me, I will for sure stop. Even if they come from behind me, I'm going to stop, pull over, let them pass, and then we'll keep going. Again, that would be really bad if your dog did make a move to an oncoming biker and then you got leashes and dogs and, and you got to pile up there. So though that's something to just be aware of as well. Um, just be courteous on the trails, the sidewalk, whatever you're on. Uh, be courteous and smart. Um, it's been a good conversation starter, I'd say. <laughs> Some people, they'll stop me and be like, oh, wow, like, you know, tell me more about this or what are you doing? So it's it's been kind of fun. Um, I'm kind of the guy known around town that, that bikes his dogs all over the place. And so um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I'm not quite sure, but um, it's it's been fun. It, it really has. Um, it's a good way to condition them, keep them, keep them strong, keep them working, doing something, doing their job. And so again, this is not a replacement to letting your dogs run free. Um, you know, that that's one thing. That's great. That's going to work on their cardio and their mental sharpness and all that, all that stuff. Um, this is just a, another thing, another tool in the tool bag to, um, you know, keep them conditioned, keep them strong and have a little fun with them too. Um, so it's, it's been a really fun thing for me to do over the last several years. Um, guys, I think, think I covered everything. If I said, if there's any questions you have, please um, email me uplandbrits at gmail.com or uh, uh, the Upland Rookie Podcast on Instagram. Uh, shoot me a message. I'd love to answer your questions or maybe there's something I didn't touch on or you wanted to hear more about. I'd love to answer that for you guys. Um, again, I hope it's helpful. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's there's different thoughts and strategies and all that all that kind of stuff out there. But um, this is just what's worked for me. Some things I've learned, taken away. And um, yeah, just be safe with your dogs. Be safe with them, yourself, other people on the, on the trails. Um, and, and like I said, just have some fun. So anyways, guys, hope this was helpful. You guys have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Hey guys, um, hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, hopefully it wasn't too boring <laughs> listening to me talk. Um, if you found it helpful, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Spotify is now accepting um, a review system. So if you listen on Spotify, head over, leave a review. Uh, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, and share the episode with a friend. Uh, share it on your social media. Uh, maybe someone's been asking you questions about biking your dogs or roading. And um, yeah. Maybe share the episode. Just put on your on your stories on Instagram, Facebook, and 
we never know who this might help uh, who's out there. So anyways, guys, until next time, go put some miles on your boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.